The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. Welcome to KXAN News today. Here are your Tuesday morning headlines. Still no sign of the gunman that police say killed five of his neighbors outside Houston. Police say Francisco Opereza is considered armed and dangerous. New details continuing to emerge about him. Immigration and Customs Enforcement saying it deported the Mexican national four times prior to this crime. Today's the last day of early voting. School district bonds and trustee elections make up the bulk of the elections. So far, a little over 36,000 people have cast their votes in Travis County. That's almost 5% of registered voters. Election day is May 6th. And get ready for some traffic around downtown Austin. The University of Texas's graduation and commencement ceremonies are starting this week. Celebrations kick off Thursday. Congratulations to all the grads. Those concerns about the partnership between the Department of Public Safety and Austin Police could be addressed today. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tom Miller. I'm Sally Hernandez. Austin City Council will speak directly to DPS about that partnership. The discussion at the council's weekly work session comes just days after data revealed minorities were among the most arrested for misdemeanors since that partnership even started. DPS troopers started to help APD patrol Austin streets since the end of March because of staffing challenges. A report from the Travis County Attorney's Office shows out of the 167 arrests referred to that office, 65% of people were Latino, 23% black, and just 11% were white. According to the census data, 48% of people in Austin are minorities. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Good Tuesday morning. We begin with clouds and radar showing clouds from satellite, but not seeing anything from ground radar. We are going to stay dry for today. We're going to be watching, though, very closely the potential for some fog to develop this morning. Live look outside, taking it down to South Austin. Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center camera there looking pretty good. You can see those clouds there in the background. Temperature-wise, we're doing just fine. Mid-50s to mid-60s out there. 68 degrees right now here in Austin. 62 Rockdale, 65 Burnett. We've got those temperatures in the 60s in Fredericksburg, that cool spot, Lano, coming in at 55. Outside of Lano, most of us are warmer to start the day, but we aren't going to see that same kind of warming trend this afternoon. Looking at a forecast high of 82 degrees. Now, it's not too far from yesterday's 84, 85, but you'll notice that temperature is actually where we should be for this time of May. We're right on schedule with these numbers. Just a little more cloud cover up top today compared to what you saw yesterday. Coming up in your first morning forecast, we've got some late week storms to watch as some of those storms could be on the strong to severe side, particularly on Thursday. Thursday will be the day to watch in a hot and humid weekend. Humidity comes up, our temperatures come up. It's going to be a little uncomfortable, I think, when it comes to these weather conditions once we transition to Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I've got a lot to tell you. Stick around for those details here in about 10 minutes. Thank you, Kristen. Police this morning are trying to figure out what led to a homicide in North Austin. Officers found two people dead inside a unit at the Legends Lake Creek Apartments. It was around 6 last night. This is off of Lake Creek Parkway. Both the man and woman are in their 50s, and police say this does appear to be an isolated incident. Police are investigating this is Austin's 27th homicide of the year. There were 26 around this time last year, and we ended all of 2022 with a total of 71. Around this time two years ago, we were at 30 homicides. The record in a year was 2021 
with 88 homicides. School districts across Central Texas are banding together, asking the state for more money. Comes as teachers continue to leave the classroom. Some school districts are having to make some major cuts. So what needs to happen? Cake Sanson and Bill Bourbon has spoke with district leaders from across the area and shares their hopes. Most district leaders, school districts throughout the state are struggling, will tell you the same thing. The funding's not there. On Monday, superintendents, teachers, and parents from all over Central Texas met to voice their concerns and asked the state for more money. We have a large task in public schools to fund initiatives for student success. Each school in the state currently receives $6,160 per student based on the average daily attendance formula, which puts the state in the bottom 10 for per student funding. The state last increased the basic allotment in 2019. Back in 2019 when we were at 5140, that basic allotment increased to 6160 certainly did help districts. But district leaders say when you factor in inflation, they need more money. There are currently a number of bills that could increase funding for schools, including some that would boost the allotment. But district leaders worry it's just not enough. A 90 to $150 would be a minimal increase to the basic allotment. Uh, what we really need is a, at least a $900 increase just to keep up with the inflationary pressures that we have faced the school districts. If the funding does not increase by at least 900 some districts say cuts will have to be made to staff and even programs. For Austin ISD, we cut 600 positions last year uh, just to balance our budget. It means that Del Valley and other school districts have to be creative when they're trying to prepare for teacher raises. And when teacher salaries don't increase, it can be hard to keep and attract new teachers. We don't want to leave. We don't want to burn out. We want to keep teaching for life. Nabil Ramadna, KXAN News. Austin ISD is proposing to take on a $50 million budget deficit to increase teacher salaries. The district says increasing the basic allotment would help with increasing the teacher salary. Some Dripping Springs ISD parents can now apply for their kids to transfer to other schools next year. Dripping Springs Elementary, Walnut Springs Elementary, and Sycamore Springs Middle Schools are all over capacity. The district says those campuses have experienced growth of up to 14% over the last school year. Space is available at Cypress Springs Elementary, Rooster Springs Elementary, Sycamore Springs Elementary, and Dripping Springs Middle School. Transfers are based upon campus and grade level availability. Applications are going to be accepted through May 26th. You know, it looks like a Central Texas swimming spot is not going to open back anytime soon. The Hayes County Parks Department says the swimming at Jacobs Well is postponed for the foreseeable future. It's been closed since last July, and that's because of unsafe water levels. So until the flow that feeds the area is back to what they consider normal, swimming is not allowed. The natural area and hike trails around the well are still open to the public. The connection between two missing teenagers in Oklahoma and police finding seven people dead on a rural property. And the immigration rule, Title 42, ending in two weeks. The extra steps the White House is now taking to brace for an expected surge of migrants. Good Tuesday morning, everyone, and May the 2nd, taking a live look outside from one of our cameras over Central Texas. This one over at the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center. Waking up to some warm temperatures. We're going to check in with Kristen to see how warm it's going to get later on today. Police in Oklahoma are trying to figure out how seven people died and ended up on a convicted sex offender's property. They found the bodies at a home in Henrietta, about 50 miles south of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And police tell the NBC station there that this home belongs to Jesse McFadden. 
They found the bodies while investigating two teens that went missing. Those teens were last seen overnight Sunday into Monday. Police believe they were with McFadden before disappearing. Medical examiner is still going to need to identify those seven bodies. Another U.S. bank going under. Who's preparing to take it over with First Republic Bank now gone? Person dies after a skydiving accident near San Marcos. What rules are in place to keep people safe as the FAA continues to investigate what led up to the accident? Good morning all. Coming up in sports, Texas baseball looking for a sweep and a key member of their team back in action. Highlights and reaction coming up. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. Good morning, everyone. Another live look outside to start off your Tuesday. It is a beautiful start to your day. We're going to check in with Kristen to see the latest on your weather. And then Eric is coming up for the latest on traffic to see if there's anything that's going to get in your way today when it comes to the roads. Well, 14 children are okay after a Giddings ISD school bus hit a car. Police say the woman behind the wheel was under the influence around 8 o'clock yesterday morning. Police say the driver rear-ended a car and then drove away. The car did have minimal damage, and Giddings police identified that driver as 64-year-old Sherry Francis. They say she was impaired by a substance other than alcohol and was charged with a DWI with a child passenger, which is a felony. A popular home decor store is going out of business. Tuesday morning says it's closing all its remaining stores. It's going out of business sale underway right now. There are locations in Austin, Round Rock, Lakeway, few other central Texas cities. If you have gift cards, the store will honor them through May 13th. A local bar helped teach Austin how to care for some of our most beloved creatures. The Buzz Mill, in partnership with Merlin Tuttle's Bar, Bat Conservation rather, just held a class on how to build bat houses. Conservation says these houses are important because bat populations are declining. It's in large part due to a lack of available roosts, but it's not the only reason to build one. When you have a bat house and you have and it's occupied, it's a really fun activity to have friends over and watch the bats come out and it's an easy way to teach people about how important bats are just to have them around. So you probably know Austin is home to the largest urban bat colony in the world. Texas Parks and Wildlife estimates there are about one and a half million bats living under the Congress Avenue Bridge. Mm. One of our most popular tourist attractions. Yeah. Only in Austin could you have a bat house. I know, I know. People come up and they're like, what's that? Oh, it's for the bats. It's for the bats, not the birds. Yeah. This one's for the bats. Specifically <laughs> Yes. All right, let me show you what's going on with your forecast here. Happy Tuesday. We begin with clouds and radar. You're going to notice a lot more clouds today compared to what you had yesterday. I don't expect anything to fall out of those clouds, but not quite as much sunshine, especially to start the day. Currently sitting at 68 degrees, your wind light out of the east-southeast today, about 5 to 10 miles per hour. Uh, humidity slowly starting to creep up on us. I think it's going to be a little more noticeable today, a lot more noticeable tomorrow and Thursday. Day planner, not a bad-looking day, 60s to 
start 70s by lunch forecast high 82 just a couple degrees cooler than what we had yesterday reason is I don't think we're going to get quite as many of those sunrise to help bring us up to 84 that was our high yesterday but we'll get close enough your air quality forecast is moderate today for particulate matter most of us probably won't notice that it's just for those who are unusually sensitive to those things as far as your skies go getting cloudy skies a little bit of fog to start I'm not seeing dense fog anywhere I'm going to keep my eye on that for you but through the day today and through the day tomorrow just a mix of sun and clouds here as far as that, what's going on with the humidity we got southeast wind setting up today it's going to get way worse before it gets better so here is your warning today like i said muggy to humid but we can manage it once we get towards the back end of the week and into the weekend it starts to get humid to very humid that southeasterly wind here at the surface is going to continue to throw that moisture from the gulf to central texas for the next several days However, we're going to get a little disturbance in the upper levels and that combination between the moisture and the disturbance, a lift up above is going to bring in some storm chances Thursday and again on Friday, Saturday morning, maybe some rain and even on Sunday. So we've got rain chances almost daily beginning on Thursday and that could bring us anywhere from about half an inch to an inch and a half of rain, isolated pockets of more between now and next Monday. So your seven day forecast shows a mix of sun and clouds today and again tomorrow. Thursday, there's gonna be a severe risk. Right now, the Hill Country is outlined for a two out of five risk. It's something we're gonna be keeping eyes on very closely. There's still obviously some time for that outlook to wiggle and change a bit. But do know Thursday afternoon and evening at this point in time, there is a risk of strong to severe storms in central Texas. We'll go with the 30% chance of storms Friday and Saturday and hot temperatures towards back end of the seven day in the upper 80s to low 90s. Hey, Kristen, thank you. In less than two weeks from now, the COVID era border policy known as Title 42 will end. That has the White House bracing for an expected surge of migrants trying to get into the country. And as Trevor Shirley reports, the administration says it is taking steps to reduce the influx of migrants coming over the border as the policy draws down. The administration is trying to hold off an expected surge of migrants as Title 42 comes to an end May 11th. What this president has tried to do and his administration has tried to do is put forth uh, programs and plans on how to deal uh, with this issue that's at the border. The Trump administration put Title 42 in place and the Biden White House let it stand. Border Patrol agents have expelled around 2.7 million migrants under the emergency health order. We want to make sure this is done in a orderly, humane way. Homeland Security officials say they're shifting resources to deal with fallout from Title 42's end. The resources will enable us to move more quickly, more efficiently. Mm -hmm within a broken immigration system. But officials also say they need Congress to do more. So I just want to be clear that we are working within significant constraints. We need people. We need technology. We need facilities. We need transportation resources. Some congressional Republicans say more money won't fix the problem without a better strategy. Just throwing money at a problem doesn't solve the issue. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to go, where is the money going? How does DHS, instead of getting a, a blank check, how do we give them money to the things that are going to help secure the border? The White House says congressional Republicans need to get serious about immigration reform. We want to fix this, uh, but we know that some some folks in Congress do not. They rather do political stunts. 
Drew Shirley reporting for us. Now, another effort to cut down on the expected surge. The Biden administration opened processing centers in several Latin American countries to process migrants there instead of at the U.S. border. If you are looking for mental health support, you may want to try outside our state. There's a new report from Forbes that shows Texas is the worst state in the U.S. for mental health care. State is the highest percentage of adults with cognitive disability who couldn't see a doctor because of how expensive it is. Texas also has the fifth lowest number of mental health treatment centers in the country. Other states at the bottom of the list include Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia. The best places for mental health care, those are Rhode Island, Massachusetts, uh, also Iowa is on that list. And Texas is cashing in on some state sales tax revenue. April ended with more than $4 billion from the Texas Comptroller's Office that says it's almost 7% more than this time last year. Oil and gas are the biggest increases. The retail sector, online shopping and grocery stores also showing an increase in tax revenue. Another U.S. bank has gone under. Federal regulators announcing they have seized First Republic Bank. Yeah, it's the third major bank to fail this year and the largest leader to collapse since 2008. However, the FDIC says it reached a deal with J.P. Morgan Chase, that's the largest bank to, in America, to buy a large portion of First Republic assets and deposits. First Republic had nearly $230 billion in total assets at the time of the closure, and many customers opted to move their money to larger, safer banks following the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, which led to First Republic stock falling more than 75% over the past 30 days. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning all. Last weekend, it was certainly a tough series for Texas baseball. So much so, this is how David Pierce addressed the media after getting swept at home by rival Oklahoma. Well, probably one of the worst days of my tenure here at University of Texas. Well, it was certainly a bit of a better start to this weekend. Won the first two against TCU a day ago going for the sweep. This is a good start in the top of the first. Garrett Gilmet. I know you can't see no scoreboard. Thanks, ESPN+. Plus. But a home run gets some run support for Tanner Witt on the bump. First time in 428 days he starts pitching. And David Pierce said he thinks Witt had some major nerves, understandably so. His only plan to go one inning did not get out of the first two-thirds of an inning. Three earned runs. More about him in a moment. Horn Frogs really looked like they were going to run rule Texas. This single off Charlie Hurley made it an 11-run game in the fourth inning, but Texas wanted to keep playing some baseball. Eric Kennedy, how about a long ball of his own? Yes, it made it a 10-run game, but they would continue to add on. This one would go the distance, but fall in the series finale, they take two of three. Here's Coach on the series win and Mr. Tanner Witt. They took care of business. They they hit it head on. They didn't run from it, and um, you know they got good results for the weekend. I thought Tanner had a lot of nerves, and um, of course he was excited. He was definitely prepared, but it's a tough environment for him to get his first start back. And you know he's been such a great teammate. I think it was important for uh, his teammate to to be behind him, which they were 100 percent. So, Witt back, that good news for Texas, getting the series win, definitely good news for the Horns. No midweeker for Texas this week after this past weekend series was pushed back a day, and as Coach said, going to face Kansas next, who's near the bottom of the Big 12 standings. 
Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you. 